Well, I am super excited to speak today. Honestly, I was trying to rock my butt. I believe this is my first Father's Day actually sharing the word. So this is like, whoo, all sorts of different feelings. Yeah, really like, like really feeling it today and uh, just, oh, super excited to dig in. And obviously thinking about Father's Day takes me back to my dad. So this morning as a sneak peek, uh, we are going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to turn in your Bibles, if you have them with, the, with you today, you can go ahead to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be reading from them. We're going to focus on the armor of God today. And we're going to dig into what each and every one of those pieces represent and why it's so important for us this morning. And we're going to be primarily speaking to the men of the house. But ladies, there's stuff in here for you too, I promise. There's going to be some good jokes, some time to laugh, and some time to like, you know, get the elbows out, right? I made sure we got some nice little elbow moments in there, right? Right? Okay, okay. And so when I was thinking about Father's Day and going back to my father, when I was nine years old, so Miles' age, my dad was a hockey enthusiast. And so he uh, threw me into the hockey program in Morrisburg, Ontario. Whoa. Whoa, throwback. And so in Morrisburg, Ontario, their colors were blue. And my dad, as I was growing up in the system, was like, he, he had this great idea. Uh, anybody here in this room, like, you're not cheap. You're just, you're just frugal. Where my frugal people at, right? Like, you see the temperature on the wall, and, like, it's fine at 25, right? It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. And so my dad was very frugal, not cheap, frugal, smart with his purchases. And uh, at nine years old, my dad would put me out on the ice and he would go back and stand with all the parents. And he tells me that almost every single person at one time or another said, hey, who's the kid in the blue pants? And my dad would be like, because, mm. you know, by process of elimination, it's not me. It's not me. It's you. It's, that's your kid. See, my dad would send me out onto, onto the ice, and all that you could see was a little pair of skates and blue pants. And I got to wear those blue pants for like six or seven years of hockey. My dad was a genius. And I remember my dad was, was telling me this. He's like, you know, I really was training you, Mitch. I said, okay, dad, explain that to me. He said, well, the beautiful thing is that as your legs grew into those pants, you were so fast. You were one of the fastest kids out there. And he's like, now, yes, you were a good skater and you had strong leg muscles, but the pants, bro, it was the pants. The pants released you to be that quick. And so that's just my shout out to my dad this morning. Thank you so much uh, for making those wise, wise decisions and making me the hockey player that I am. There's a lot of times, though, when it comes to being a man that it can feel difficult to fit into the role that is thrust upon you. I think I've said this before that I'm still coming to terms with the title of dad. I think I've shared this before even, even in our short time here that I remember the moment that Cassie gave birth to Sawyer and, and, the, and the doctor handed Sawyer over to me and said, here you go, dad. And I looked around for my father. Are you talking to me? And the weight of responsibility that came on me in that moment of understanding that now not only was I living for myself, but I was also living for this life that God had entrusted me with. And it felt like the pants were too big. It felt like the shoes didn't fit right. It felt like people were uh, just, just, even without knowing it, putting this expectation on me that I in some way had been trained to help a life live. There was many times in the night as Cass and I would be sleeping. We had these cool little baby monitors like with like video on it, right? Wow, amazing. 
amazing. And you'd watch like, like a hawk, right? Because you didn't want to go in the room because they're sleeping. Beautiful moment. All the young parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those moments of sleep, you don't interrupt that. You don't play games with that. But I remember with our first child watching and, and, and like a hawk just digging into being like, are they still breathing? Are they still breathing? The doctors just sent me home with this kid. What were they thinking? And you'd watch the little, the little chest raise and fall and raise and fall. And we'd look at each other and say, we're doing it. We're doing it. And then, you know, after night one, night two, we're, we're, do, we're still doing it. And these amazing moments of, uh, of trying to come to terms with what it meant to be a dad. And I want to encourage people and we want to challenge people today that here at Life Center, when it comes to being a man, when it comes to being a father of the house, when it comes to being a grandfather in this house, in this family that God has called us to, there are a couple things that we are going to challenge and we are going to encourage each and every person here to strive after. What does it mean to be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says this, and while it's not exclusively written to men, I believe that it sets a bullseye for each and every one of us this morning, uh, whether we're young in the faith or mature here at Life Center. It says this, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Not merely strong in your field or in your personality and in our masculinity or in our achievements or, or for some of us, if it's applicable, not merely strong for your spouse and for your family, but strong spiritually for what it is that God has called us to hold. Strong spiritually for what it is that God has called us to hold. And we want to encourage people this morning that there is strength in vulnerability. We want to encourage people this morning that there is strength in emotion. And emotions that go deeper than anger. Hello? We want to encourage each person this morning that there is strength in admitting that you are not enough on your own. Why is it important for us to say those things? Because traditionally, for a man, those aren't comfortable places to go. Maybe you were raised this way, but I heard many times growing up that boys don't cry. I heard many times growing up that, hey, does it hurt? It's a long way from the heart. Tough it out. But dad, my toes. It's important for us to remember that these things are strength. That there's a strength in vulnerability. There's a strength in entering into different situations and admitting that you don't have it all together. Church, there is a strength when it comes to being a man of the house and saying, hey, I have emotions that I'm not just going to bury. That I'm not just going to pretend like they don't exist. Here in this church, we want to journey with you. And there's a strength in reaching out and saying, I don't think on my own that I can do this. We want to encourage the men of the house this morning to not just try, but to dig into the training that God has set before us. What if training to be strong in the Lord is what actually makes us strong in all other areas of our life? Again, while Ephesians 6 isn't exclusively written to men, it applies to every man. Being strong in the Lord requires a real relationship with Jesus. Amen? Being strong in the Lord requires a real relationship with Jesus. 
It's not enough to be able to just quote Scripture. We want to dig into who that Scripture was written by. Come on. It's not enough to just know the stories of what it is that was happening in the Bible. It's more important for us to dig into who it is that is helping us also write our story today. Real strength when it comes with God is about wrestling through, digging in to understanding that our relationship with God matters. In order to be a man, in order to be a male, in order to be someone who is worth following, we need to know Jesus. I believe a cinnamon, a cinnamon? Mm. Not hungry quite yet, but that does smell good, doesn't it? I believe a synonym, there we go, got it. I believe a synonym for man when it comes to this campus of Life Center is one of leadership. One of leadership. To identify and emphasize the characteristics that are worth following. Before we share the insights and specifics the critical thing that we need to understand is that for each and every one of us, we need to be honest and, and dig into when we see Jesus, do we see him as someone worth following? Do we see Jesus as someone that's willing to, to, that we're willing to say, yes, I want to be like him? In order for us to be worth following, I believe that we need to model the one who is only truly worth following. To step in and say, in this moment, Am I reflecting the one that God has called me to reflect? That we would show up in all of these moments and recognize that Jesus was special. And because of the fact that he was special, it makes us special as well. Because the same spirit that was alive in him is alive in us. Amen? Come on, the same spirit that was alive in Jesus Christ as he rose to meet God in heaven, he released the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us. We can represent Jesus here today. And Jesus is such an amazing example of what it truly means to follow after the Father. Jesus was not born into wealth. He was not born into privilege. He was the son of a carpenter. As Jesus stepped into this world, he stepped into a, a, a relationship that was broken. A relationship that many wouldn't have assumed that God the Father would plant his son in. Mary was pregnant at a wedlock. Disgraced by her culture. And yet God in his infinite wisdom said, this is where my son will be raised. When Jesus stepped out and, and, and he uh, had achieved the level of teacher in the Jewish culture, he was then permitted to go and gather his disciples. And Jesus did it differently. Not only was his birth and, and, and the nurture of his raising different, but even Jesus, as he went about his mission, he did it differently. While everybody else in the culture, all these other teachers, would have went to all the schools and chosen the best of the best of the best. Jesus actually went out into the workplace and called Peter and James and John and called all of these young men who had actually already, maybe many times, been passed over by other teachers. Jesus looked at these fishermen who had been raised in, in the Jewish school system, who other teachers had said, you don't know enough, you're not good enough to follow me. Jesus looked at them and said, hey, if you follow me, I will make you fishes of men. Jesus did things different. When Jesus stood in the temples and shared the word of God, 
He shared it from a place of not what it was that he could get out of it, but of the glory, of the worthiness, of the power that he could invest in people so that they could see who the Father truly was. Jesus did things different. And for us today, I believe that that's a challenge. I believe that that's something for us to go after too, to not look around at the world and what it says that a man should be, what it says that male characteristics should be, but instead to plant ourselves in the gospel, to say, as for me and my house, we're going to look like him. And it's going to look a little different. I was going to ask Cass, you know, what type of illustration I could use for like a really good example of like what the world would would want us to model after. I was thinking like what type of illustration should I use? And I was like, I shouldn't ask her because I already know what her answer is going to be. She would say exactly what I was thinking. Mitch, just use yourself. Look at those muscles. And the six foot three frame. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. See, there's these, these characteristics that we are, are, are shown by our culture of who it is that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be stoic. We're supposed to be all things in those moments to not show emotion, to not show pain, to carry on, to rise up and do all these things. And while it may be true in your life that God is calling you to that, I believe it's also important for us to remember this morning that there is a strength in vulnerability. That it's okay for God to tug so strongly on your heartstrings that tears begin to flow down from your eyes. Man, it's okay. That real strength comes through consistency, not knowing all the answers. That real strength when it comes to a Christian life, comes from looking around at everybody else and asking, do they see Jesus in me? See, being strong in the Lord is living out our Christian life while we experience spiritual warfare and we learn to use all of the Lord's resources. In Ephesians chapter 6.10, Paul's imagery is meant to give us a picture of what it looks like to live in everyday life. And there are five main focuses that we want to look at today. To put on, don't wrestle, take up, stand, and persevere. Ephesians 6.11 says that we are called to put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. To put on the whole armor of God is remembering that God is not asking you to wear your own armor. While my dad thrust me out onto the ice with pants that were way too big, God is not calling you today to wear armor that doesn't fit. Amen? I've had great examples of what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to be a father set before me. My dad is an amazing, amazing person. And my grandfather... Both of my grandfathers were hardworking, incredible people. But I am not them. And their relationship with God is not enough for me to meet him. Amen? 
See, I need to dig into Ephesians chapter 10, and we need to dig in to Ephesians chapter 6, sorry, uh, verse 11, and remember that God is calling us to put on the whole armor of God. When I was growing up and heard these lessons and heard these verses, I, I, I thought about the helmet of salvation, and I always tried to remind myself of my salvation. I always tried to make the armor something that I would wear, but it's not our armor. Many times in the Old Testament, as you read through, you'll see that the armor that Paul is talking about is God's armor. That we are called to put on his armor. Because even though the things that we see with our eyes, whether at work or at school, maybe even in our homes, even though those things may feel like the things that we're fighting against church, it's not. See, the things that we wrestle against, that God is challenging us, don't wrestle against flesh and bread, you'll, blood. You'll read this in chapter 6, verse 12. Do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly place. This morning, church, we do not struggle against each other. Listen, I am so excited to be a part of a church that believes in unity. I love it. I love the cheers that erupted when Pastor Sam was like, you know who we're going to honor today? We're going to honor Dick. And before Dick even stepped out of his seat, people were like, yes! Yes, we need to let this man know how appreciative we are of him. And for each and every one of you today, whether your name is called publicly in this place or not, we are so thankful that you're here today. We are so thankful that you have chosen this Father's Day, the greatest day on the calendar, to be here in this. Okay. We are so excited that you chose another Sunday, which is pretty awesome, to be here in this place. You are needed here. And not just today. But if you can hear me this morning. Your significance is needed not just today, but tomorrow and next Sunday and a month from now. Each and every one who is here today. Why? Because you are able to put on the full armor of God. To be able to come here today and not leave in your own strength, but leave in the strength that God has for you. It says this in Ephesians chapter 6, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. To take up the shield of faith. Maybe you're here this morning, and you feel like your faith is weak. Well, isn't it beautiful that God isn't asking you to stand on your own faith? Come on. See, the shield of faith was one of those instruments of the armor of God that I used to pray, God, make my strength bigger so that I can grab my shield and hold it up against the arrows that come. But as you dig in to what Paul is actually talking about, he's talking about picking up God's faith and allowing God to be the one to deflect the fiery arrows of the enemy. He says, put on the helmet of salvation. Church, this is not our helmet of salvation. It's important for us to remember that moment when God called us out, but remember the helmet of salvation is that true, indismissible fact that we are saved because of Jesus. 
We put that over our minds so that no matter what attack the enemy would have on us saying that your faith is not enough or that that moment was not enough, we remind ourselves it's not even in my own power that I'm saved but by Christ and Christ alone. Come on. Someone needed to hear that today. The enemy has been challenging you. This morning, the enemy has been challenging you that you don't know Jesus, but there's something more beautiful in that is that Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you. The reason we pray is to not get things from God. The reason we pray is so that we can know God more. I don't want it to be my shield. I want it to be his faith that supports me. I don't want it to be the strength of my salvation, but instead, I want to remember what the cross is. I don't want to take up the sword of the Spirit that is just full of my words. No, church, we want to take up the sword of the Spirit that is the true and undeniable Word of God, that is sharper than any two-edged sword. In times when you don't have the words to say to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, that we are able to say, God, let it not be me, but you that pierces their heart today. Let it not be me, God, but you that changes their life. Because though we we may have wise and persuasive words, church, we do not have the power to transform a life. Though we may be able to craft really, really important sentences and really, really awesome jokes that will make people think what it is that God's word does is it takes it all the way down into who they are and reminds them that he loves them just the same. And so as we go into this world and we're doing battle with, with, with these, 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 these spirits and, and, and spiritual forces that are out there, we do not want to step into these realms on our own, with our own strength, with blue pants that are way too big. But instead, we want to step into the world that God has called us to, knowing that his full strength is available to us. What does it mean to be strong? What does it mean for a a, a man to be a part of Life Center? It's to make ourselves less so that God can be more. That's what it means to be strong. It's to realize that on our own, the only thing that we can conquer is the world that's around us. But in God, we can conquer the world that will be with us in eternity. Now this may seem like it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's not easy to stand on truth. It's not easy every day to put on righteousness as God would be us righteous. It's not easy every day to walk out in the world with, with, with peace on our feet. Hello? Sometimes it even feels better to make war, but God is calling us to be his instrument in this world. But listen, we're not asking you to try. We're not asking you to try to do this. We're inviting you this morning to a position of training. There is no expectation this morning that any of us, men, women, children, there's no expectation this morning that any of us will leave this place with a full understanding of what it truly means to represent God in fullness. But what we are asking is, will you journey alongside us? Will you start today to say, God, from this day forward, I want to redefine for the world what it means to be strong. Craig Rochelle wrote it this way. To try is to attempt to do the right thing by exerting effort in a moment. To train 
is to commit to develop strategic habits that equip you to do, right, to do the right thing in the moment. Do you hear the difference there? To try is to attempt to do the right thing by exerting effort in a moment, but to train is to commit to developing strategic habits that equip you to do the right thing in the moment. Try is the lifestyle of earning, but training is a lifestyle of constant effort in following Jesus. Men, this morning we want to train on our own, but we also want to call each and every one of you to train together. I love the movies where it like solos in on this like one character, right? And like they're just defeating insurmountable odds. Those movies are fantastic. I don't know about you, but I see myself in a lot of them like, wow. Like, like I don't know if they've been following me or like what, like, but I can see where the inspiration has come from. But more than that, the movies that I love are the ones that are built off of team. When you see each and every person in these films and, and somebody's bringing something special to the table and another person is bringing something else to the table and as they journey through whatever the challenge is before them, you realize in the movie that they can't do it on their own. That each and every part of this mission, if it's going to succeed in the crazy wild way that you know that it will, if it's going to succeed, that every member had to be there. That's how I see the church. I think there's a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure on men to be more than enough in every situation. I want to encourage each person here today that you are not alone. And ladies, I hope that you haven't disqualified yourself at all this morning because I know there's a lot of pressure. Some of the ladies are out there like, hello, like we feel it. There's a lot of pressure on us, isn't there? To walk into every situation and feel like if we are not enough, then maybe we just need to try harder. But in the kingdom of God, That is not the answer. See, in the kingdom of God, you need to walk into every situation knowing that you are not enough. And there's a freedom that comes in that. Hallelujah. There's a freedom that comes in looking at my boys as they stand up here and host this morning saying, I can't do that for them. But praying over them as we're driving over this morning, praying over them as they were with us in the team room saying, God, be there for them. And your smiling faces, the collective presence of the, uh, of the Spirit of God here today releases those kids into a place that I didn't even know that they wanted to be, but God did. This is the church. When you come in, you don't have to try to be strong. There'll be days that you come in on Sunday morning and and maybe Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and, and you'll walk into those moments and know that you're not strong enough. Listen, understand that God isn't asking you to stand on your own. See, here in this place, we can be strong for each other. So we're not asking anybody this morning to stand on their own, but instead, we're asking us to train together. And so that is why today, 
we are announcing for the very first time that in November, on the 3rd and 4th, we are going to launch Strong, our men's conference. Come on! Come on. You thought it was just a nice shirt? It's not just a nice shirt. We are announcing our Strong Conference. It's going to take place on November 3rd to the 4th. There's a website up right now, uh, just a one-page website that you can go and you can register today. But we encourage men, again, don't come alone. Bring someone. we got a couple months now to ask God, God, who would you have me invite? That as I'm strong, and as I leave stronger from that conference, then maybe God is going to highlight someone in your workplace. So that maybe two or three or four can grow together. Or maybe there's a neighbor that God has specifically, strategically placed in your life. That you say, God, for this neighborhood, I want to see them saved. Students, maybe there's a high school that needs to know Jesus. And while God is calling you, He's going to call others beside you. Not one of us are called to stand on our own. And so our strong conference is going to join alongside the Ladies Heart Conference, and together we will be heart strong. Right? Right? And so ladies, we want to thank you this morning for paving the way. And men, we want to challenge you this morning that now is our time to step in and step up so that together, as a full and unified family of God in Canada, Orleans, and Cornwall, that we can step boldly into wherever it is that God is calling us, not on our own strength, not with our own armor, but with the armor that God is providing for us.